All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone. This is Roland Woods, head coach of the Brooklyn Barons, and I would like to welcome you to our podcast. I have titled this podcast, Rolling with the Barons. One, because it will be the perspective coming from me, head coach Roland Woods. And two, because you all be, quote unquote, rolling with the Barons. Keeping you updated on all the news, rumors, speculations, all those type of things. Alright. So this is the first episode and I'm really just trying to see how things go for when I approve for the next episodes. I'm going to try to do this in one take. It's no guarantee that I will. But I'm going to try to do this in one take. I have a middle note of the things that I want to discuss in the first episode. So... Hopefully, you guys enjoy this, and then we can move on to the next one. All right. Also, please bear with me. I'm trying my best because I understand that with the RFL, our age range, it's from high to low. It's from zero to 99. It's for everyone. So I'm going to try my best to speak in that fashion and not say or not bring any profanity what we're doing here all right so first all right first off i'm gonna start with the introduction who am i i am uh roland woods my real name is robert my real name is robert all right but my alias my rfl alias is roland woods all right i am a head coach for the brooklyn barons uh i have a player which i started with uh for the dublin shamrocks who's a wide receiver number 88 and also, I am a, a writer for the Relocation Football League uh, website. So, I have a, I don't want to say I have a vast thing because there's guys like Bill and Mix who do way more than what I do. You know what I'm saying? But I do still try to help how I can help. And I do the best I can. I've been... I'm not going to say I've been slacking. I understand that I've been quiet. But in this time, when I bounce back to being Robert, I'm like, okay, let me grind now. Get what I can because I know when it's RFL time, I'm going to be invested. And I'm going to go out my way to be invested. So it's like, while we're off, boom. I'm a grind. But the info is coming. I've been really quiet, especially for me, because I love, I love talking trash. And I've been holding it in. I've been holding it in. A lot of it's been because the way we ended the season, we're going to talk about that. The way we ended the season, I admit things were at their best, but I learned a lot, which I think would be crucial for going into this season. And the second thing is I've been wanting to be quiet on things because I have a habit of getting too hyped and just putting stuff out there. And now that I'm being a coach and I'm being strategic, I should probably try to chill on that. So that's been my thing. I'm going to try to chill on that. I might have chose myself on this podcast, but hey, I am who I am. And I'll say what I'm going to say. And I'm going to roll with the punches, whether it's good or bad. I'm a Sagittarius. I already know how I, already know how I am. I'm going to say what I got to say. I'm going to try to say it. I'm an older guy, just turned 33, so I'm going to try to say it in the most respectful way possible instead of just blurting it out like I would in my younger days, but 
I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. And that's gonna come down to even when I critique me, myself as a coach, and when I critique the player of the team. And I want that to be known. I want that to be known. Things aren't gonna change. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat, but I would definitely make it appropriate. Alright. I also like to say if you hear vibrations in the background, I apologize. I apologize. I'm about to be taking a lot of time to put this podcast together, say what I have to say, because I've been dying to talk about my team. I love my Barons, and I've been dying to talk about my team, but I know I have to take it one step at a time. I don't want to give you too much. I want to keep content for the episode, but you might hear vibration in the background because my girlfriend loves me, and she's going to want to know where I'm at and what I'm doing, and I'm not in her face right now, so she might be a little concerned, but she'll be all right. She'll be all right. All right, so first, me, Coach Roland Woods. All right. I was introduced to simulation football on Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast. It started with, really, it started with uh, 2K, the one where Alan Iverson was the uh, was the, the the cover artist, the cover the cover athlete, and the beat was like, dun, 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 dun. like that's when I first started building the simulation teams because the the gameplay gameplay is cool but after a while like as you can see like Madden has gotten so cheese like you could just learn what it is how the game works and it takes away all the fun from the game like it got to a point where I would like pick the worst team like the last time I really played Madden like play play Madden I was Zach Matt Zach Mattenberger on the Titans, and you did not want to see me at all. You did not want no smoke. That's how long it's been since I really was on the sticks playing Madden. But I always did the simulation because I felt like it took more. It took more intelligence. It took more knowledge of football. Really, it took more knowledge of football, and I felt like I was always good at that. But I felt like I was the only one in the world who did that. Then I found the RFL like. Just randomly off of, uh, you know how you start binging YouTube? I randomly found the RFL. So, from me finding that and watching it and seeing that other people were into this too. And then they had the commentary. It was like, alright, boom. Like, I was really, I was a big fan. Like, the first time I was, when I first got introduced to the RFL, I was just a fan. Watching the season. It's like, Chase McCoy, like, the people, Chase McCoy is running. Like, Chase McCoy is running everywhere. The Condors, I was having on the Condors. Who else? Uh... LC3, I think it was like LC3's rookie year. He had just got to the Thunderbirds. It was like him and his his effect on how he was affecting the game and how he was running, how he was doing things that I was really rocking with. The Thunderbirds was a good team. The Thunderbirds was a good team. And like it was somebody on I it was somebody on the Thunderbirds. I thought it was Chapman, but when I talked to Mark, he told me it couldn't have been because Chapman was still a pioneer. So it might have been Victor Rocker, but somebody on the Thunderbirds was like strapping, strapping. And it got me hyped. You feel me? And then later on, I came back to this because, of course, I subscribed. Like, I was on this. Like, I'm a fan right now. So the next time that I got on this, the person that stood out to me, like, I was watching the Desperados game, Ethan King. Ethan King is my favorite, 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 favorite defender in the whole RFL ever that I ever seen. I know everybody's going to say, hey, why'd you give him that much money? That is a big, 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 big reason why, and I don't care how anyone feels about it. I would have gave him more money because he's Ethan King. You may not have watched him, 
throughout. Like, if you just came in last year, last year was kind of like, eh. Like, he still was he still was Ethan King, but it was kind of like, eh. If you watched all the other years of Ethan King, you would know exactly why I did what I did. And I don't care how anyone feels. Like, to be honest, now that, now that it's at this time, and I'm sorry, Shemini, if I'm not supposed to say stuff like this, but I tried to trade Winkler for Ethan King. Like, I wanted Ethan King that bad that I tried to trade Winkler for and a first. It was like Winkler and a first. It was a high pick. It, I don't know if it might have been. I don't know. It was a high, it was enough where I knew like you would get this guy and then you will also get some youth that if you wanted to build behind this guy. You feel me? It's like I really I really, really wanted Ethan King for a long time. And I didn't think he was going to drop at all. I didn't think he would be a free agent. When I saw him, nobody else mattered. Nobody else mattered. But, all right, we'll talk about it on a later podcast. Right now we're talking about why I did this. So, simulation, from the simulation, I saw, like, Ethan King being my best def- uh, favorite defender. And then I saw the opportunity to make a player, so I made a player. Like, I made a player, Roland Woods. Like, Roland Woods was my, I drafted him. Like, I was so hyped when I got drafted. I thought I was a, a Celtic Tiger. Like, I was putting all the wrong stuff, but I was really a Shamrock. And that later on made me more hype. That later on made me way more hype that I was a Shamrock. But it was cool. You feel me? Then I came out. We had the nice rookie year. And it was like, it was great. You feel me? It's like, we made the playoffs. Like, nobody expected us to really be even a thought. We made the playoffs. And we in the division with the Thunderbirds. Like, I had already respected Mark. From watching him as a fan, but then going against his team as a player, hype for my guy, thinking we could do anything, like, and then seeing the effects of that, like, that really, that really, that made me want to be a coach for real. Seeing that because it's because we lost every time. It's like, no, I want to beat this man. I want to beat him. You feel me? But it's like seeing that, like, watching those games and feeling like, no disrespect to. Coach Forzy, I always respect Coach Forzy because he, he drafted me. You feel me? So, respect to that man. He drafted me. You feel me? But just seeing things from as a as a quote-unquote diva wide receiver, like, I'm seeing this and like, all right, I want to do this. So, that made me want to be a coach even more. And then there was a guy, our first game, my first official RFL game as a Shamrock. The Barons, I mean, the, well, hey, the Shamrocks played the Barons. And it was like, I saw Kenny Steele, and I was like, listen, listen. Like, first, I first, cheat code, I was told myself, I made my receiver from Arizona State because DWJ is from Arizona State, and he was getting the, the series. Like, we, we was watching, he was getting the hype. So, it's like, all right, I'm going to make myself the receiver he was throwing to. I'm going to go to Arizona State, too. You feel me? So, and the thing that caught me about Kenny still is he went to Arizona State. So, I'm already hyped because I'm like, all right, we had the same college, blah, 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 blah. Then I seen him play, and I was like, man, this is the best running back in the RFL. Shout out to Mix. This is the best running back in the RFL. The best. Number one. All around. Blocking, catching, running. I should stop being on the steering wheel because I could probably hear that. You hear me? But I don't care. Kenny Still is the best. The best. Capital B for Barons EST running back in the RFL. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you this year. 
I know his performance probably wasn't. I think his performance last year was underrated just because of how the Barons finished. But I think if the Barons finished with a better record, he would have got more notice. Like, Kenny Still is a third down king. Like, Kenny Still out of the backfield is the best player in the RF. I don't care. It might be biased. I don't care. But I felt that way when I see him. And now that I coach him, I feel that way even more. <clears throat> Boom. So that's why I picked the Barons to begin with. Like, that's why. Like, there's that was the number one team on my, no, that was the number two team on my list. The number one team on my list was the Bulldogs, and it was childish because it was just because they had white jerseys. I don't know why I want to wear all-white jerseys so bad, but I just like all-white jerseys. I think it's fly. I think it's fly. You know, but once I started actually looking at the dynamics of the team, like when I compared Wheaton to Kenny Steele, I was like, hey, nah. No, and then I seen with Winkler, I would have the chance to bring in my guy. Like I was, I was gonna rock with Winkler. I did. I was gonna rock with Winkler one hundred percent because he's Winkler. He's a ninety-nine. I was gonna rock with him one hundred percent, and I felt like he could do what I wanted him to do. But in hindsight, it's two gripes. It's like I felt one. I could have done a lot more to do what he does. And stop trying to force him to do what I do. Because it was a time where I realized he wasn't the guy who was going to do what I want to do. Which I, I'll get into that next. He just wasn't the guy who was going to do what I wanted to do. So it was just a matter of trying to adjust to that. Because at the beginning of the season, he was the guy. I don't know if it was because of the competition. I don't know if it was because of... I don't know. I don't know. It was just something about him at the beginning... Maybe it just worked despite. That's something I remember Bill said. Shout out to Bill. It's like, maybe it just worked despite. Maybe because he was nice, he got it done anyway. But that's not what he should have been doing. I, mean, I realized later that's not what he should have been doing. That He wasn't the guy for that. And it was just so frustrating because that's how the, that's kind of how I built the team. So it was like, all right, boom. There was ways that we could have worked around it, and it worked successfully. It worked successfully. Like, for example... The first time I played the Thunderbirds, like I know everyone, I'm not gonna say everyone. There was a people said it was a fluke, but I knew specifically what I was doing for that game. I knew, I knew, I knew I was going to go short pass because it's like if you're gonna, the Thunderbirds are arguably the best defensive team in the RFL, easily, easily, easily. I'm. No disrespect to the Red Dragons. No disrespect to the the Explorers. It's like, like no disrespect to the Cougars. They have a good defense, too. But it's like, the Thunderbirds, like, when you look at age of their players, skill of their players, like, it's not, like, there's teams that have more guys, like, who may have higher overalls in, at different positions. But when you look at the skill of their guys, like, the actual attributes of the things that are going to be crucial during the game, it's like, the Thunderbirds have a outstanding defense outstanding and i understood this going in i definitely understood this going in so i figured like hey if he's going to blitz me and i know he's going to blitz me i'm just going to get the ball out quick like hey we can slant all day and i just believe in my guys enough at least amari amari got 99 speed so i believe that and slant specialist at the time so it's like, I feel like I can just keep slanting and keep slanting and keep slanting until it does what it has to do. And luckily, 
my defense for that game held up the way I wanted them to held up because in in that season, in the stage of what my defense was, it was, hey, Ben, don't break. And I was proud of it. Like, I had no chance. I understood what our defense was. It was a bunch of young guys, a bunch of guys I just put together. We're not a bunch of superstars and X-Factors. It's like, hey, just hold up enough because I feel like my offense is dynamic enough that we can always put up 40. I learned I couldn't. I learned that I couldn't. With respect to the coaches that I played throughout last season, I learned that I couldn't just always put up 40. But the first couple games, I mean, hype, like, hey, it's going to be a walk through the park. So, with that, you feel me? I moved, respect to Winger, I, Winkler, I moved on to Brinker. The reason why I like Ryan Brinker over Winkler is just aggressiveness. That's it. That's it. I know skill-wise, skill-wise, all the attributes... Winkler has all the attributes over over uh, Brinker except for throw power. But outside of that, when it comes to like actual on-the-field play, I'm rocking with Brinker. I'm rocking with Brinker. And I know people are going to hate that, but I'm my one of my plans this year is to just show. Like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to show. I'm just going to show. Sorry, I had to take a drink. All right, I feel like we have, I feel like we have a tremendous squad around him to where, one, he doesn't have to do too much. Make your reads, make the play. That's all we ask. Make your reads, make the play. That's all we ask of him. And two, I think he finally has a coach who genuinely believes in him. Like I genuinely believe that Brinker is the guy. Like. The B and Brinker should have a crown on it too. Like I generally believe that Brinker is the guy, and I'm going to show. I'm going to show. He's finally getting his. He's finally getting his chance. I remember watching Brinker on the Marshals, and we're definitely bringing some of that back, which we'll probably talk about on a future podcast, or we'll definitely talk about on a future podcast. We might talk about a little bit today. We might talk about a little bit today. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So. First, before I go too deep into what I want to do this season, even though I'm really hyped to tell somebody I've been holding in for this long, we're going to go back over a review of first last season, and then we're going to go into, like, free agency and stuff like that, the moves we made to improve on that. All right? So, last season was a learning experience. Last season was a learning experience. And it got to a point where I realized, well, first, no, we're going to start from the beginning. I realized from the beginning that I could compete. I knew I could compete from the beginning. I got too, I got too hyped. I got too full of myself, and I'm willing to admit that. Like I just started believing that I can do anything, and everything was just going to be cool. And I would like to apologize to the other coaches because that's just blatant. Like I was just disrespectful, but I'm just a hothead coming into the RFL. You know? But I learned. You feel know I me? Mean? Hey, you learn how you learn. Sometimes... You got to get beat up to learn how to fight. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I learned. So, from it got to a point later in the year after the loss to the Marshals, and I knew that our playoff hopes were kind of just 
out the way. Like, I know everybody's going to say, hey, you got to fight to the end. You got to da 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 And it's like, I didn't go into any game after that with the expectation to lose. But I went into every game after that with the expectation of preparing for the next season and seeing what my guys could do. Like, this season, like, from what we were trying to do, after that game, and it was a close game. Respect to Rummel. Like, it was a close game. He had he had a great game plan. Like, I'm not I'm not hating on it. It's just from that game I knew. Boom. All right, this is where we got to learn. This this is from my, what can we do for next year? How I'm going to take the next approach? Because as a guy, it's like, I'm all or nothing. It's like, I'm all or nothing. And, like, once I knew, like, and I'm pretty sure, like, if – Something happened down the line, like if I would have won out and so-and-so and things fell the right way and it made things look like it still could have been a chance. But it's like, hey, my mindset went into how can I build for the next season because I don't like this. Like, I'm not a good loser at all. Like, I always win. So it's like coming into that or coming in with that mind state and then coming into this, it's like, all right, how can I get better right now? How can I get better right now? And it's like, it went deeper than just watching the tape. Like, I reached out to coaches. Like, I tried to learn from them, past and present coaches. Like, I tried to learn from them any little thing that I could learn. I went back and watched other people's games. I went back and studied the schemes. Like, deeper than just, oh, the scheme on Madden. But I just, I really took a deep dive into schemes. Like, all right, this is what I want to know. It's like... Shout out to Jeff. It's like, shout out to my man's Jeff, former Bulls coach, former Brooklyn Knight. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Jeff. It's just like, me and him both had this, like, within our, like, rivalry for Brooklyn, it's like, it was off of inspiration and motivation of each other because I would see the success he had. You feel me? And it's like, I want to be like that. You feel me? I want to be king of Brooklyn. Like, no doubt he was, you feel me? But I want to be like, that's what I'm trying to build to. And it's like, just us bouncing ideas off each other and learning the game together and just seeing how how he rose and how he fell. Like you gotta you gotta see both. And it's just like I learned a lot from that. Like I've learned a lot from my rivals, just from even when conversations didn't seem like you were learning, you were learning. It was like even just just from watching the games over, just like especially with Bill, because I beat Bill in the college series and he won't give me no props for the win. So I'm so determined to beat him in the RFL because then he can't say nothing. It's on paper. It's documented. Smitty knows. Everybody knows. Like, I won. It's like, and then they get swept. It's like, man. Man. So we definitely coming for the Explorers. I don't know. I don't know if he would consider us a rivalry, but just out of pride, I want to beat them. I want to beat them. I want to beat them twice, too. Like, one-on-one is not going to work for me. I want to beat them twice, so then I'm up three to two. I don't care if you count the college series bill. I'm counting it. It's three to two if I win both these games. But right now, it's one to two, and you got it. Anyway, so, yeah, I really want to beat Bill. Like, uh, it's, it saddens me that we've lost or that we've lost the coach that we just lost, like, because I really, really, Mark was one of my biggest rivals. I really, really wanted to play Mark with the Thunderbirds. And I really, really wanted to play Rolabi when I see him, like, change over to with the quarterback and all that. But I'm pretty sure that the next coach of the Tigers will be able to come in and make the changes. Hopefully that change won't be signed to Winkler because I will be so salty. Like, 
please, somebody other than Tigers sign Winkler, please. Please, please, please. But, okay, anyway. So, I learned a lot from last season going into this season. I understand that I wasn't... I understand the pride... I understand how it looks from different people. The pride of just keep trying to win. But then there's also the, hey, it's time to learn. Like, I'm willing to lose to learn now so I can continue to win later. And you got to see the results. And season two, or season six, but season two for me, it's going to be all about results. It's going to be all about results. Because I feel like I let my players down sometimes. Like, shout out to Cheeseburger and shout out to Yap. You feel me? Like, still in here strong. Shout out to KB. KB, come back. I hope you hear this. Come back, KB. Get active because you, you about to be out here. We need you. We need you, KB. We need you. I want you to know that we need you, KB. I want you to know that we need you. So come through. Come watch these Barons games. You a Baron. You one of us. Come through. You know what I'm saying? All right. Oh, and shout out to uh, shout out to Cam slash Damari. Come through, too. You feel me? Show us some love. Show us some love. I hope we get to play you. I hope I get to watch you strap you in the RFL and in the Reload Bowl. That'd be great to see you to see Sparks on Cam because I think Sparks can strap him. I believe I think Sparks can strap him, but hey, we'll see, we'll see. All right. So going into this season, going into this season, I felt like I took the bumps and bruises and I learned from those. Like I feel like I learned from those. I feel like we're gonna make big strides going into this season. I feel like I'm doing a better job of. I understand how my team works. I understand how my team works, and I understand the move that had to be made. And a lot of people will not be in favor of this move, and weren't in favor of this move. Maybe including Smitty, and I'm sorry, Smitty. But sometimes it's the changing of the guard has to be done. And I feel like I came into the Barons at the time where the changing of the guard had to be done. And I feel like the face of the franchise is changing from Jack Winkler to Kenny Steele. I feel like Kenny Steele will become the new face of the franchise. You feel me? And it was just that time. And I don't... I'm going to have to show it. I'm going to have to show it. I know. I know I'm going to have to show it. I'm, I'm probably in the hot seat, really. But... I just believe in my guys. I believe I believe in me, of course, but I really, really believe in my guys, and I think we got a good group of guys to get this done. And off that, we're going to just segue. I feel like that's a good segue. We're going to segue into the moves that we made in this offseason, all right? So the moves we made in this offseason, basically from me watching, from me learning, there was uh, a lot of things. There was There was a lot of things that could be of use but there was like a few big areas that I feel like we had to have all right so going into free agency the biggest thing I felt like we had to have and I feel like one of the biggest things for the last Madden was coverage over the middle coverage over the middle was huge if you could attack the middle you could dominate the game like I don't know what it was you know what I'm saying and we had my guy we had a couple guys. First, we had uh, Juan Crosby, who I felt like should have been on uh, Noah's list, even if it was in the 90s. I felt like he should have been up there. But it was his first year. He got to back it up, so I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it at all. All right? So we had Juan Crosby, and then we had my guy, the, the silent killer, the silent killer, Roy Cherry. Roy Cherry. One of the things that's really been kind of bothering me is that everybody, or, or 
the rumor of Coach Baker, no disrespect to Coach Baker, because I respect what you do, 3-4 life. I rock with you. I see what you're doing down there. All right? But that he was the first one to put a safety at the sub linebacker. It's like, no, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. It just wasn't as notable of a safety and as notable as a play. But the way I had it, it was – I don't know where I rank as far as, like, the RFL stats, but I know. I know I had to be – one of the best teams at not giving up yardage to the tight end. And there's a reason for that. Roy Cherry. Roy Cherry is the reason for that. And then I had my man Juan Crosby playing over the middle. Now, I have a new guy playing over the middle, and it comes down to, it, it, it comes back into why I made this decision to give this guy $215 million, and that guy is Ethan King. And I think Ethan King will be will be, not even will be, is, but quote-unquote, will be the best sub-linebacker in the game. In the game. In the in the league. In the RFL. I don't think anyone would be better than him, and I'm willing to put money on it. $215 million to be exact. So, hey, it is what it is. If you look at his stats, if you or his attributes already with his, with his speed, 90 speed, 90... Uh, Acceleration, 98 agility. And then you look at his uh, coverage with uh, what is that, like 83 zones, 71 man. I don't want to open up the daddy leads because I don't know if it's going to stop my recording. But I feel confident. I know he got 74 block shed, which is going to be crucial when you down there in the trenches stopping the run because that's the biggest thing. You can't sacrifice. You either have to give up one or the other. If you're, if you're stopping the run, then you're going to be kind of questionable over the middle with the pass, or you're going to be good with the pass, but you're, they're going to be able to get nine yards in you every play. And you don't want that. And I feel like with Ethan King, with his block shot, then you on, then you put on top of that his abilities with the reinforcements, so his block shot about to go up anyway, even more. You know what I'm saying? And then you put the pick artists on there. Like, unfakeable, like, you're not going to juke him, and he got the extra tackle, he got that better block share, and if you try to throw it over the middle, he'll pick artists, like, you don't, I know it sounds, you don't want no smoke, you don't want no smoke, and I knew this, and I was willing to put the house down on it, the house, the house, I'm willing to show it, I'm, it's, some, it's time for somebody else other than Isaiah Ingram to be defensive player of the year, so, I got Ethan King in the running. In the running. If he's not number one, he's going to be a strong number two. He's going to be a strong number two. Because he's going to be everywhere. He's going to play. And it's cool because when we drop him down in the box, we still got TC. We still got uh, Trent Christian over top. Like, where he's where he's better at in his element. Like, Tristan Creighton is one of uh, Trenton Christian. That's a hard name to say. TC. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. TC is one of the best older top safeties in the league. Then you pair him with Hayden Harrell already, and then you got Ethan King being the safety over the middle. You don't want no smoke. You don't want no smoke. And we, I feel like we have a good set of press man corners. Like, you don't. And press zone. I know people don't talk about mirror zone much, but I like to run that mirror zone too. So I feel like we just have a great group of guys in the secondary who can hold up. Shout out to my man Cheeseburger because he's been dying for us to have some guys. But I feel like we got guys back there. Now we got to get you back there getting the pressure. And I feel like that's going to be another thing 
You feel me? It's going to be guys back there that help get the pressure. You feel me? And then another, another, another really, really big, 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 big pickup was London McNary. London McNary, I think if it wasn't for Ethan King, he would be the biggest pickup. I feel like something that we really desperately needed was somebody who could man up somebody in the slot. Like, in the slot, like, dominate. Like, and McNary will slide right in, an immediate starter. Like, I can't wait to see him on the field. Like, even if it's just for, like, he doesn't, I know people look at his speed and be like, oh, he only got this speed and he only got this. It's like, especially with the transition of man, it's like, I don't need him. I believe in my, I believe in my front seven. I don't, or front six, if we nickel or whatever. But it's like, I don't need him to be on that guy for five seconds. I need him to just be on here until one of them gorillas get back there. That's all I need. And I feel like he I feel like that was the biggest thing. That along with someone over the middle were the two biggest things for my defense that were missing. I feel like outside of that, everybody else who was there should start. And I think we have one of the best blitz packages in the league. And I'm willing. I don't. And you, you can look at the overall and be like, "Oh no, they're only 70s," or "Oh no, they're only 80s." I don't care. If you look at my team and you look at their setup and you look at their attributes and you look at how we play, I feel like we have one of the best blitz packages in the league. You don't know where we are coming from ever, ever, but we're coming. You know we're coming. Barons put the B in blitz. Put the crown on the B in blitz. We are coming every play. Maybe not every play, but most of them, we're coming. So be ready. We are coming. But you don't know where we're coming from. And I think that's the best part about my team. And a team that makes it even better because this year we're running multiple. So not only do you not know where we're coming from, but you don't know how we're coming. I might want a 4-3. I might want a 4-6 it. I might want a 4-4 it. I might want a 3-4 it. I might want to be 3-4 under. You don't know what I'm going to do. I might 3-3-5 in one play. The nickel Norman one play. You don't know what I'm going to do. And that's going to be the booty of our team this year. You have no clue. But we coming. Just know we coming. And we attacking. I've learned I've learned from scheming, from the sessions we've been running, or the behind-the-scenes sessions we've been running, from reviewing the tape. Like, I know how I've learned how to adjust my blitz to which side I wanted to come to, which lineman I want to attack, if I want to come from the edge or I want to come up the middle. Like, I learned which is which, and I feel like that was crucial. The crucial thing is learning which schemes was going to affect the play in which way. Like, because you can say this, and you can expect this, but it may not play nothing like what you expect just because it says that, and I feel like I've learned that. That's something that I've really had to learn. Because when, when I'm out here, when I was simming on my own, being my own coach or whatever, running my own franchise, I'm going against the computer. So it's not as it's not as in depth. I don't have to pay as much attention to that. But it's like now that I'm playing players and you can or you're playing people and you can adjust that week to week. That's been a crucial that's been a crucial thing. That's been a very crucial thing. I've definitely put a lot of time into that and I feel like I've tinkered with that enough that I'm ready. We coming every play. We coming every play. All right, and then if I flip over to uh, our offensive moves, free agency-wise, it's like lane. We got lane printers, all right, and we move lane printers out to tackle from guard, and we move uh, we move Minard back in. 
We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna test them both and see which one is which. I like printers on the outside just because his pass block is better, and I think that's where we need him. But it's he also got the speed, so it's like I'm, I really want to play with now with the change of direction. I really want to play with the line a little bit and see like which guards I really want pulling because I feel like I feel like I might have one of the most underrated lines in the league, but I feel like we have a very very solid line and our run game is going to be dominant in this league. Or this season, I feel like our, our run game is going to be dominant. So we added lane printers. We're going to slide him up and down the line, see how it goes. We also added uh, two receivers. We added Marcel Echo, and we added uh, we added uh, Darrell Schofield or Schofield. And it's like uh, wide receiver death was very important when we lost Joe Johnson. I I realized that. Because we lost him early in the season for a long time. So it's from that, it's like I'm not going to be in the position. I, I want to throw it. I want to throw it. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Everybody knows me. If you know me, you know I want to throw it. Like, don't, don't, I don't want you to think that I'm not going to run it. We might go 50 50. We might go 60 40 run. We might go 70 30 pass. You don't know what we're going to do. But one thing I will let you know if you look at my team, we got, we got uh, Patrick Bain, Amari Manuel, Joe Johnson. We gonna throw it to somebody. We gonna throw it to somebody. It's just where it's just it's makes it's mostly gonna be about where everybody else wants to do. Do you want to stop Kenny or do you want to stop these receivers? Cause somebody gonna get the ball. One of them gonna get it. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? But anyway, anyway. We're going in. We're going into season six. We're running multiple. All right. As far as offense, our offense is going to be a lot more versatile than it was before. We're definitely bringing in the pistol offense. We're definitely bringing in the pistol offense. I'm not going to say it's going to be the staple of our offense, but it's definitely going to be up there. Is that we're definitely using the pistol offense this year? I feel like we have a great squad to run the pistol offense. I know everybody's going to be like, oh, you just want to run a re-option. It's like, no, I feel like the pistol offense is best for our offense because you never know which way we're going. I don't like the tails of the shotgun. Like, even though we'll still be running some shotgun, and it's not always dependent on how offset the running back is, a tail of where they're going to go. But for the most part, it's tails in the shotgun of where the player's going to go. But I've noticed that with the option, you have no, I mean, not with the option, with the pistol, you have no idea really where it's going to go. And it really attacks, it really attacks the line that way. And I like how it attacks the line. And all you need to do is give Kenny a little bit of space. Just attack. He don't need too much. And he can be out of there. He'll turn a two-yard game to a 22-yard game real quick. So... And he just, and with the upgrade of abilities, he just got getting a bulldozer and getting jukebox. I feel like that plays perfectly into the style of player that he really is. I've been trying so hard to keep him balanced, keep building his keep building his power because I feel like his power game is underrated. But just watch. Kenny Steele is about to take over. Kenny Steele is about to take over. Just watch. Just watch. Running back of the year is the goal. Running back of the year is the goal. All right, we picked up lane printers to help with the run game. We're going to the pistol. We're going to be able to make sure we have five mobile guys, five guys who can power if we want to go power, five guys who can agile if we want to go agile, and five guys who can hold their block long enough for 
one of our guys to get open. We feel like we have a great group of weapons on the outside to where we won't have to hold too too long. You know what I'm saying? But I also understand that Bringer's a guy who likes to make the big play, so he might hold the ball a little bit. We're working on his. We'll try to work on getting him to scramble a little bit if need be. It's hard to turn. It's hard to turn a passer into a scrambler, but I feel like it's even harder to turn a scrambler into a passer. So we're gonna we're gonna go about it a different. We're gonna go about it backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like. So hey, even with saying that, so saying that we're using the pistol, we're pro we're gonna go more than likely we're gonna go with the Ravens playbook going offensive playbook going into season uh season six. So just showing the different dynamics of having a pass first quarterback who can still run in comparison to a run first quarterback who can still pass. I think that'll help us, especially with the weapons that we have along the outside. And we also have uh, great blocking receivers. Great blocking receivers. I think that's an underrated trait, but it's one of the first traits that I look for when I look into receivers. All right. And also, speaking of receivers, uh, Darrell Schofield will be – well, Echo, too, will both be competing for special teams reps. Uh, I will definitely see Echo more in uh, the slot role as a backup to J.J., who will probably be the majority slot role. But if we don't go slot with J.J., it will be alternating between Hunter and, uh, and Echo, who will be in the slot. We also have Xavier Ballard, who will be a death slot receiver as well. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. It's a lot of competition. It's a lot of competition in training camp, and uh, I can't wait to see it. We want to give it. Uh, we want to give it more time. We want to give it more time. Uh, if I speak literally, we want to. Once we get into maybe more so of the second or third week of the preseason, the uh, battles will open up because we'll be able to get a little bit more tape, and we'll also get to see our players more in our scheme. As far as how we want to attack or how we want to defend, so that's going to make a big difference in comparison to how we have it now. But it's just the way the game is, how things are set up, and those things you have to work around, and also things you can learn from. Also things you can learn from. But whenever you're able as a coach to really make that first game plan and make that first like real note on how you want to move with your team and how you want to see things, it really changes the tape. So that's going to be uh, crucial. That's going to be crucial. All right, uh, we'll do a little bit of draft review. We'll go into the draft. Uh, the people we picked up in the draft on the offensive side of the ball, we picked up one, uh, Stuart Thompson, uh, deaf lineman, someone that we can build. He's a, a jack-of-all-trades. He can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's one thing that really stood out to us uh, that made us want him. I feel like we can mold him in a few different ways, but we don't have to rush it because we have a few vet We have some good veteran guys up there on the line that we can kind of build him behind. And I prefer veteran linemen so that I had the time to really build him into the guy that I want to build him into and not have to force him in there would be great. But it's also, I feel like if I have to put him in there, like due to injury, that I could slide him really anywhere along the line that he can make a, he can hold up substantially. So that's cool. Then we got, uh, we got, uh, Trevante Nickerson, my man, Trey, my man, Trey five, like we got him in a draft, and I feel like he's uh he's a good mix of what we see in Kenny Steele. That's what we were looking for when going to this draft. This is more of a for us. This was more of a depth draft because I feel like last year we went more into getting the guys that we wanted to build. Like 
a lot of my acquisitions may not have been the highest in the overall, but a large majority of them are younger and guys that we can mold and build around, see how they move, see how they work, how they fit into the scheme, and then we can be like, okay, this is how we can move around this, this is what we can do for this. So that was good. And going into the draft, knowing that we had a couple picks that we could throw out, like we already gave up our first, we gave up our first uh, for JJ and. I guess we can look at him as our first-round pick because last year we didn't really get to see him as much as we wanted to due to the injury. But I feel like this year if we can keep it healthy, uh, he'll definitely bounce back and definitely be a tremendous impact for us. Definitely be a tremendous impact for us. And then also we have uh, also we have Ryan Brinker, who we traded for our second-round pick. And... For what you would get for a second-round pick, I think that is a wonderful investment, a great investment, and I think Ryan Brinker is our quarterback of the future, and he is someone that I will be building the team around along with Kenny, but I still feel like I want to keep I, I want to keep uh, weapons around him at all times, especially with me getting him for the price that I'm getting him for. I know that uh, people would dwell on the 215 that I gave Ethan King, but to have Brinker and the caliber quarterback that I think he is and can be for the price that we have him for, I think it is uh, still now when we get up there to him being 30 and we see where he's at, we'll see if we can maintain him. He's someone that I would definitely love to keep because he's someone that I love to work with. And I think our chemistry would definitely shine uh, going into this season. All right. Uh, then we flip over to the defensive side of the ball. We got a couple versatile guys. First, we got, uh, well, I won't say first. I'll say we got Carlos Wright at uh, free safety, strong safety. Uh, he was a guy who I saw more as a practice squad guy. But as we've gone into our undisclosed camp he's a guy who's really stood out to me and he stood out in different areas in the field like I played him in a few different spots and he's looked pretty good so he's probably somebody that we may continue to build on we see how, we'll see how it goes with our uh with more training camp and with more uh preseason reps we'll see how that looks uh, we also got uh, Donnell Butler, who is a guy who I knew when I drafted him. We'll be get, we'll be seeing a lot of playing time, even if it's just as rotation. I think that we have a we have a nice pass rush on the outside. I like uh, what we have in Kit Morrison. Also, like what we have in uh, Demian Parks. But I felt like having guys who can stand up and get uh, and be on the line was very uh, crucial to us. I feel like Kit can do both, but we prefer him standing up. I feel uh, Butler is a guy who can do both as well. Uh, we're working with him standing up. We drafted him as a as an end, but we'll see how it goes. So far, it's look good. We also got uh, Sam Anthony, and we're doing the same kind of thing with him. Uh, but we're actually moving him all around the linebacker core. So we've tried him in the middle. We've tried him on the outside. We've tried him 4-3 outside, 3-4 outside. we tried him 4-3 in. Uh, so we're just looking to see what we can do with the young guys we have coming in. I think it's a great group and some guys that we can build on for the future. And I definitely know we do have some spots that we are looking to fill. So if we can't fill them during preseason free agency, we do have guys that we can put in those spots. And one of the things that I try to do as a 
as a GM, I guess you would say, is try to keep the team balanced. I never want to go into any draft or any offseason feeling like I need anything. I feel like everything should be an upgrade. Like, how will this make us better as a team? So, you'll see a lot of, when you look at, when you look at my roster, you'll see a lot of balance, not only just from, like, position-wise, but also, like, as archetypes. It's like, I try to keep everybody balanced. I try to keep the offenses will be against on edge as far as what we can and will do everyone knows i love the three four uh i'm a defensive minded guy it may not seem that way with the team that i have but i'm a very defensive minded guy and i i like the group that i have because we're not a quote unquote dominant defense like you can't just Look at our stats and look at our overall and just see that we're just a great defense, that we're not the Explorers, we're not the Thunderbirds just staying in our division. It's like, but when you play us, you'll see that we're a team that you really have to prepare for. You can't take us lightly, and that's that's how I really want to be on both sides of the ball. I want to be unpredictable, but I want people to know that you can't take us lightly no matter what we decide to do. So... That's been great. That's how we're moving forward as of now. I feel like we've gotten a few pieces that help us take a large leap. I feel like there wasn't much that needed to be, to be done. I just, I've just i been saying passion up the holes. Just a little polish here and there. You know what I'm saying? And things will work out well. All right. Uh, this one is getting kind of lengthy. I didn't expect it to be this long. I'll be honest, but that's great because I still have so much more that I would like to say, so I can say that for future episodes. So for this, we'll leave this here as an introduction, just a little rundown, just a quick a quick glimpse into the locker room of the Brooklyn Barons. But as we move forward, we'll get a lot more in-depth with the team. Uh, I know that... I want to go more into, I think I'm going to start with defense. I think I'm going to start with defense and go more into defense on the next episode as far as how we want to move going forward and things that we're looking at. Uh, Give a brief introduction and rundown of players. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go position by position, maybe one episode D-line, next episode linebackers, or if I want to just discuss as I go because I can get going once this when it's about the Barons, I can get going. I can start talking. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I want to thank those of you who did listen. Hopefully, I can, or hopefully, I'll see you next episode. Uh, be safe. Keep your mask on. Uh, protect the crown. Earn your stripes. Go Barons. Gorilla Gang.